Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a daily podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. If you haven't already done so, please head on over to Instagram and follow me at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Twitter at FIN Emancipation. Follow me on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Financial Emancipation. And if you have any questions about anything that we discuss, feel free to send me an email at financialemancipation at gmail.com. And if you're just listening for the first time or you're catching up, you can now find the podcast on iTunes. Search for the Financial Emancipation Podcast or you can search under Financial Emancipator. And you can download, um, I'm sorry, subscribe and be ready to receive your episodes first thing as soon as they're loaded. That's a really exciting thing. Find us on iTunes. So it's still the week of love. Valentine's Day was yesterday. And we're celebrating love, relationships, and money all week long. So yesterday we discussed budgeting and love. And today I want to talk a little bit about how we commit uh, money before committing to marriage. And so there's a certain section of people who, who never want to get married. They have no desire to get married. They plan to live together in relationship with another person and never plan to get married. And that's perfectly fine. And if those relationships are committed and the two of you have decided that this is the way in which you're going to live, as far as not being legally married, that's perfectly fine. There's no, um, I have no objection to that as far as that. If you're going to build a life together and you're going to blend finances together, the real point of marriage as a legal institution is really for the point of finances and property. That's what it started out, you know, things like that. So they, it gives you a legal recourse to um, to share property, to share resources, to share ownership over things that either one or both of you have. So marriage is in a legal sense, not taking away from its love sense, and marriage in a sense of your finances is a is a vehicle or a mechanism for which you can share the responsibility over property, finances, and in some instances, uh, children. So when I say you know committing to mar- committing finances before committing to marriage. Um, there's a lot of discussion or a lot of talk around how people should commit their finances prior to making the commitment of either marriage or another long-term partnership setup, right? And so an example of this is that people will um, buy a car together um, or one person will utilize their credit to purchase a car for another person they're in a dating relationship with. Um, now utilizing your credit for someone else is a really risky thing to do, obviously, because you know that there's a, there's a, um, a risk there. Um, but in love and in relationships, people do things like that, right? They, they make those type of gestures for one another. But in that instance, the, what happens if in fact the relationship ends is that you still have a financial tie to a person for which you do not want an emotional tie to anymore. And that's an example of a car. Um, sometimes people will, you know, start linking credit together. They will um, start buying things on credit for each other, or they will put someone else's name on their credit card. You know, again, prior to making a, a commitment that goes beyond just being, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. And this happens sometimes even before people are living together. And so it's a cautionary um, thing when I say that, you know, love and money can be like really great together. Love and money can also be like oil and water. And often when you mix love and money prematurely, you find yourself in a position where the money can kind of hover over the relationship. And if the relationship has not fully developed and if the relationship ends, 
to still have money ties to someone like that is really challenging. Now, again, marriage sets up for that because you, when you get married, you tie everything together. And then, unfortunately, when, if you get divorced, if you want to break up, you have to tie every, untie everything. But there's a process, right? And there isn't, if you're not married, and you need to separate finances in that way, property in that way, things like a car, it's very challenging to pull those things apart because there's no set of guidelines or rules that indicate how things should be set apart and split apart, right? So if you're in a situation where you and a person live together and you've built a home together and um, and, and you have things, if, if you want to separate, how what what governs that separation? And it doesn't have to be marriage, but I think people need to become more aware of, of discussing what governs their relationship as far as the finances. If you guys have a joint account together and then you break up, does it go back to who contributed what or is it split 50-50? These things, again, become more questions when you are in these financial relationships prior to actually having a, a committed marriage or a committed relationship for which you've designated what these parameters are. And that's mainly because there are no guidelines. So the question becomes, well, what are you saying? Well, do you say you can only tie your finances together if you're married? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not even suggesting that people, you know, decide marriage is the only way to put some finances together. My opinion on that personally is that I, I like rules and regulations. And so what marriage provides in that way is that there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a blueprint for how you put it together and there's a blueprint for how you take it apart. And that works for me personally. And it doesn't work for everybody and it's not necessary for everybody. But what I would say is that when it comes to finances, there needs to be a discussion. And I tell you, everything I say as it relates to money is that there needs to be a discussion. There needs to be a discussion prior to tangling yourself together financially for which you indicate how and what and you expect if you need to untangle yourself. So if you are in a relationship, you have a boyfriend, you've been together for two years, you and your boyfriend are discussing, he needs a new car. You say, you know what? Well, let's go and get you a new car. You get to the dealership. You can't, you can't get the credit for whatever reason. You decide, okay, you know what? I'll get it. It's fine. We, we're together. We're in this forever. Let's just get the car. You put the car in your credit. It's in your name. It's on your car insurance, right? You're taking a financial risk as well as another other kind of risk because your insurance and everything. But you go for it because you're in love. Before you sign on that paper, what I'm suggesting is that you and that person discuss what it means if you are going to separate. Whose car is this? Who's responsible for paying the note? If we were not together, is it my car or are you keeping the car and I'm expecting you to hold up on your end of the bargain? Like you need to discuss those things because separations happen. And I always say to people, you need to discuss how how you would like things to go when you separate while you're still in love. It's the reason why I suggest prenups to people to discuss those when you're in love because separating and not being in love anymore or one person not being in love anymore is a real disaster so someone's really liable to screw you over with something when they no longer love you rather than when they do love you and they still you guys are still in a good space so when it comes committing those type of funds committing credit um committing to things i know people who have bought houses you know together prior to being married and if you buy a house together, you know, you have to know that when you separate, how will you separate that? The house will be split between the two of you or who, who what if the person who contributes more? How does that work? Again, under the confines of marriage, there are laws and rules in which how you separate. But when you're not in that, then you have to make a decision prior to know what does that mean? So if you and a person have no intention of getting married, you're not getting married, but you want to buy a house together, you should have a conversation about what does it mean if we separate? 
is both of our names on the deed. And that's another thing. You know, this could be a two-hour episode, but just because as it relates to things like a deed, right, a lot of times people will quote-unquote buy a house together, meaning they put the effort in together, they go look at the houses together, they put everything together, except when you find that the one person's name is on the deed. And in those instances, what happens when it's time to separate? You know, and, and whose house is it? Who, you know, a person could say, you know, I was here, I was living here, I was, you know, committing resources, I was doing everything, but now you want me to leave and there's no money for me to get. How does that work? So that's the question. And those are the discussions you, you should have before committing to things prior to being in, in, a, in a relationship that is legal as far as a marriage or discuss it prior to making the commitment. Everything as it relates to finances, love and money is about talking about things before you do them. We tend to race through our emotions with everything as it relates to finances. We race through, we race through. But the problem with racing through with your emotions is that your emotions rarely will stop you, right? And if you don't get stopped and just have it, just ask the question. A lot of times you'll run through red lights. And when you know what happens when you run through red lights, you can run the risk of getting hit or hurt. So just stop yourself, ask the questions. It doesn't mean you have to get married in order to put your finances together. It just means you need to have conversations about what this looks like if the if the relationship were to end. Because finances, you can't just walk away. You can't just walk away and say, yeah, never mind. You have to make it, you have to do something about them. And so if you're not going to be married or then you're not sure if that's what's going to be before you commit to finances, you have to at a minimum have a conversation for which you discuss what it means to to separate these things after you're entangled. So this is not the lovey-dovey part of, of love and money, but it's just the facts of how what happens sometimes with love and money. So if you haven't already done so, head on over to Instagram and follow me at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Facebook at Financial Emancipation and join the, the Facebook group. Follow me on Twitter at FIN Emancipation. And if you have questions, send me an email, financialemancipation at gmail.com. Tomorrow, we wrap up Love Week and discussing one of the things that goes along with love, which is divorce. Have a great day.